This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I was really disappointed, so I'm going to Bojo's on Thursday because I was craving Bojo's pizza, not the pizza I had. There's no replacement. It's a specific that you can't have, like literally any, even other good pizza. You know, like It's just not Bojo's. There's only one place you get pizza that tastes like that, straight up. And I mean, I can't have the cheesy bread that you get, the honey cheesy bread. Oh my uh. God, it sounds so good. Um, I can't have that, but I'm going with a bunch of the DNVR crew, so... They're going to eat that, and they're going to just explain it to me. We are. I didn't get the invite. We'll describe it in detail. (laughs) Well, you you, you can come, Harrison. You can come. Apparently Um, not. I feel like it's going to be torturous, but, I mean, it's probably going to be delicious. You guys should try it out. Mention DNVR and get a free honey cheese bread with the purchase of any entree at Bojo's. All you got to do is mention DNVR, and you'll get free, free honey cheese bread. I mean can't be free i'm really upset about it i feel like i shouldn't even go because i can't get the free honey cheese bread no you should go and watch me eat it and enjoy it and describe it to you in detail nobody out three and two on charlotte Jokic gets it across the timeline gets a high pick and pop with murray Lindsay breaking through taken away by nathan mckinnon two on two with landis guy Well, this is the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. Did you open yours yet? No. Love that sound. This is their mile high. Well, maybe one of you guys can talk (laughs) while we're sipping our beer. We were preoccupied. Um, Someone said cheeseless pizza is not pizza. You know what? I will die if I have cheese pizza. So She will actually die. Yeah. Let me. And we need out. We couldn't do the TDSP. <laughs> right. Let me enjoy my cheeseless pizza. I actually stopped eating anything that tasted better with cheese for like four years because I was like, it's there's just no point. I know how good it is, and that was really sad. Now I enjoy pizza again. Do you so. mess with like soy or the no? Fake none of those work. Yeah. yeah. My not throat just feels like it's closing. So. Yeah. Anyways, this Don't is Mile High City Copper Logger, and speaking of Mile High City, we have to just jump right into the Nuggets win Let's yesterday over the Spurs. I mean, they were down by at least 23 points at one point, and third quarter, fourth quarter, they stepped up. Paul Millsap stepped up. Jamal Murray, who seemed to be playing hurt, stepped up. What did you think of that game, Harrison? It was unbelievable. One of their best comebacks of all time. Down 23 with 626, I believe, to go in the third. And, yeah, they outscored San Antonio by a crazy amount since. 
Jamal Murray was incredible, and um, he's been incredible really ever since coming back from this most recent ankle sprain. And, and he was incredible in the second half after doing nothing in the first half. He was awful in the first half, but had 23 over the third and fourth quarters, 14 in the fourth. And then Paul Millsap was great. As His well. birthday, too. Happy birthday, <laughs> Paul Millsap. 35 never looked so young. I mean, Jamal Murray was hurt. He even said um, to the media that he called his dad when he went to the locker room at halftime being like, I'm in just so much pain. I don't know if I want to play. And yeah, I didn't know that happened. I didn't know players called out. their parents at halftime. I know. That, w- that was news to me. Yeah. I mean, baseball players call people and text people and talk to yeah. fans and stuff during the game all the time, but it's a little different. But like halftime, <laughs> halftime, you literally have – it's 15 minutes on the clock. Right. Your coach has got to talk for at least five minutes, right. I would think. You go back out to the court with a couple minutes left to warm up again. There's not a There's big window no. in there. No. <laughs> that doesn't seem like enough time to be doing all that. No, I was taken aback by that. I didn't know that was a thing that happened. I don't think it's like a rampant – thing in the NBA, people calling others at halftime, but I think people text and whatnot. But, I mean, we've heard so much about Jamal Murray's relationship with his dad and how much his dad helps push him. Maybe he needed just a quick one-minute phone call being like, Dad, I'm hurt, and his dad being like, get out there and play. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, thankfully he did because he was part of the reason the Nuggets were able to come back. They have their best start in franchise history at 38-16 and on Mm -hmm. the year. Were you expecting that at the start of the season? Thought it was on the table. I I thought it was on the table. They brought back everybody from last year. They got a year older. They got Michael Porter Jr. They got Jeremy Grant. They got better. So I thought it was definitely on the table. And, you know, at some points over the first – quarter of the season it was a little up and down but no they've been great and um yeah jamal murray's halftime conversation with his dad (laughs) was uh, just a great storyline to put a cap on last night and um yeah they like you said they do have a fascinating relationship um i mean some listeners that are tuning in right now probably know about all the stuff roger murray had jamal do when he was younger like shoot free throws out in the freezing Canada winter after doing a wall sit for 12 minutes while balancing cups of tea on his knees. Like These hot, are things hot, Jamal Murray hot, hot, did hot tea. to learn how to fight through the pain, to learn how to fight through adversity. Yes, maybe sometimes it's a little cheesy, but when he can barely walk in the first half and then comes back in the second half and is the best player on the floor – I mean, there's something to that for sure. Not going to lie, the last time I was doing wall sits, I was like, come on, Allie. Jamal Murray had hot stuff on <laughs> yeah. his I told her a trainer, and she was like, a what? Someone, <laughs> a father did that to their son? I don't know if that's okay. Yeah, I don't know if that would be like accepted in 2020. But. <laughs> oh, man. So is uh, on a broader scale, is Jamal one of those guys who hears what's being said? He hears the whispers, he hears the criticisms, and... He'll take it one way or the other, or is he one of those shut-it-all-out guys? He doesn't care what people are saying. So he's not responding to the first – because, like you said, I mean, I think the consensus, right? He had a pretty objectively bad first half, and everyone was expecting this to be his breakout year. Yeah, I I wouldn't say bad. He had sky-high expectations for the uh, coming into this year, signed the max deal, and – hadn't lived up to the expectation I think we all had of him. He still had was having and had a solid first half of the season, but yeah, not where the expectations were. He said this after the Portland game, the first game he came back after missing 10 games with the uh, latest sprained ankle. He, he said that the time away from the court allowed him to kind of recalibrate 
watch a lot of film, get a different perspective on how this team plays, how this team is supposed to play. And he says he came back refocused. And um, so far, four games since, that largely that seems to be the case. It seems to like he's letting the game come to him more. He's not forcing everything. He's playing within the offense. So, so far, you know, what he said after that Portland game, he's backed up. You know, we'll see if that can continue. But I definitely feel like there was a little bit of reflection at when he was out for those 10 games. And, you know, it's it's a good storyline. And it's something he's backed up for four games now, but we'll see if it continues. I mean, if he do, I mean, if he really turns it on and finishes out the season and becomes what we thought before the season he could be, yep. and then the Nuggets make this run, like that's going to be one of the best stories part that you're going to get to write at the end of the year, right? right. The season of Jamal Murray going even back yeah. to the yeah. still, still to be determined though, right? Because like I said, it's a great talking point. It's a great narrative to get out there, but it's been four games. It's been true. Let's, yeah. But, you know, we'll see what happens over yeah. the next couple months. But I feel like he's in a really good space right now, although, you know, he does get a little banged up last night. And <laughs> again. I mean, uh, yeah, he did get banged <laughs> up again, but he got some momentum going. He's had a few great games. And now we only have one game before a, a decently long All-Star break. Not as long as uh, the Avs <laughs> break. But do you think there's a chance he can step back? I mean, I feel like a lot of players sometimes get a little rusty after not being out there uh-huh. on the court. Yeah, I think he'll be fine um, be, be just because the time off that he got, you know, two weeks off with that ankle injury, yeah. and he's about to get another like seven days off or so. That can help him just get fresher and whatnot. Um, but the injuries are always a concern. Yeah, you know, uh, He's going to need this time off, although he said last night that he's definitely playing against the Lakers on Wednesday. Um, but, yeah, he'll, he'll need this time off just to get his body right. We had a chance to see um, the home debut of some of these new Nuggets. Was there anyone who stood out to you? Well, Jordan McRae had the the biggest night uh, last night out of the three. I, I think Keita Bates Diop got in there for a couple minutes. But um, McRae, I've been saying this on the DNVR Nuggets podcast, he's the Malik Beasley replacement. He's actually shooting better from three than Beasley is this year. I don't know if that's still the case with how hot Beasley's been in Minnesota <laughs> these last two games. Oh. Um, but – at the point of the trade, he was shooting better than Beasley was from three. Um, you know, he can get hot in a hurry. He, he can fill it up. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get. And um, when the Nuggets are fully healthy, he's probably not going to get much. And he's also not the guy who can just totally change the momentum of a game like Beasley mm-hmm. can. Uh, he's a backup. He's probably your fourth or fifth guard at best if you're a real contending team. Um, but he can shoot it, and uh, that's solid to have off the bench as kind of a break glass in case of emergency guy. Since we um, recorded last week's pod on Monday, we really didn't have a chance to talk about the trades that happened. What would you give the Nuggets trade grade? Yeah, you know, I give it a B to a B plus. And uh, from <laughs> Brendan's looking a little shocked <laughs> wow. at that. Well, wow. you got to understand from a front office doing ba- good basketball business perspective, this was a good trade. You took two guys who weren't going to be here next year, right. and Malik and Wancho got a first round pick that's probably going to be in the low to mid 20s. Uh, so that was a good return. And then you got a couple guys who can, you know, help you out in case you're really banged up, which the Nuggets have been at times this year. So. You can talk about if they should have flipped Beasley last summer uh, when I'm pretty sure they could have gotten a better first-round pick for him and when his value was higher. Maybe they mismanaged that. Uh, but for what they did at the time of the deadline, it, it was a move that made sense, I think. 
AJ, you've been real quiet. What did you think about it? It was fine. I mean, I think it's smart business. Yeah. You're going to lose guys for free. Um, you get a first-round pick. That first-round pick then you can turn around and use because uh, they don't have their own. The, they traded uh, for Jeremy Grant. Correct. And NBA's got that weird rule where you can't trade multiple years uh, of first-rounders. So uh, I think that just gives them more assets if they want to do something bigger down the road. You know, it's just just good business. And then that they went out and they followed it up with getting McCray was fine because then they replaced what they lost in Beasley. And when they're healthy, they don't they don't miss Wancho at all. So right. And if you look ahead to this summer, like you said, they can use that first round pick to go get maybe a Drew Holiday, maybe a Bradley Beal, and McCray. Like I said, he's not nearly as good as Beasley. He doesn't have the ceiling Beasley has. Obviously, he's much older. He can't change a game like Beasley can. But he is going to be a way cheaper Beasley replacement if they keep him around. He's going to be closer to a minimum contract than Beasley, who's going to be getting ten plus million a year. So you think there is still a possibility where Drew Holiday is in the picture for the Nuggets? Well, I think this summer is when Denver could make look to make a big move, and there's a better chance they make a big move this summer than there was at the deadline I just get the impression they want to see what this roster can do in the playoffs and then based on how the playoffs go you know if they have a lot of success maybe they run it back if they lose in the first round have an early exit maybe they look to change things up but I feel like this summer is going to be a big turning point in in either direction and I think it's going to have a lot to do with just how the playoffs go so uh, (laughs) I hate this type of analysis but a lot of times, it, it, this happened with the Rockies a couple times last year too. You lose a guy, of course he goes somewhere else. He's going to ball out. Of On course. a scale of one to ten, are you talking about DJ Lemayhew? <laughs> he wasn't the only one. DJ was the biggest one though, for sure. But I mean, I mean, I'm more even talking like Mike Talkman. Who just didn't have a place on is it, on the Rockies? Much like Beasley, like you just don't have a spot, man. So we got David Dahl. We don't need Mike Talkman, but. Then, of course, he goes and he it's like 300 for the Yankees for a couple of months. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how annoyed are Nuggets fans by the production of Beasley so far in Minnesota? Well, I'd say a 5 maybe. Good for them. Good. Because, <laughs> Good because it, they, would be a, they would be annoyed a lot more if Denver wasn't on a four-game winning streak right, right. now. Right? If Nuggets had made this trade and then dropped a couple games, he'd be like, what? What's going on here? <laughs> right. Um, but the fact that they're going to win and probably keep winning numbs that a little bit. But you did trade Beasley to a division opponent. Gonna, yeah. You have to play him four times a year. Yeah. You know, this is coming after you've already given Portland their franchise center, after you made a draft day deal with the Jazz that netted them Donovan Mitchell. So this is right. helping, in a way, another Just, division opponent out, um, which kind of sucks for Denver. I mean, Beasley's mom thinks he's going to drop 50 on the Nuggets. <laughs> I mean, he will try to. <laughs> he's he's going to take 50 shots. Over <laughs> under 20 shots for Beasley. Mm. Oh, yeah. We over. In that game, because it's coming way up over. I think, yep. a couple games way after the break. Over. Way over. Way over? Way yeah. Over. I could see it. Way over, <laughs> yeah. too. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? I don't know. Anyone else have well, a They got the Lakers Wednesday, which is probably the biggest showdown of the year so far. Oh, yeah. One and two in the West right before the All-Star break. A game that oh, doesn't that mean much in the grand scheme of things, but is going to have a lot of eyeballs on it, national TV. So. Oh, it's on national TV? Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. Oh. Don't, don't tune in, AJ. <laughs> yeah, don't tune in. I'm, I'm good. I'll find <laughs> something else to do. AJ, you know what Jamal Murray's dad said to him? Great a, moments. Oh, yeah. Were born. <laughs> That's a great opportunity. 
and then hung up. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> it. That's right. It didn't need that. He even. He even had the pauses and everything, and then he just hung up. And he was like, "All right, I've got to go wash dishes or something." Yeah. So we joke about national television and the Nuggets not being pretty good at that this year. How do you think they're going to do? Do you see them pulling off a win on the Lakers? I'll yeah. say yes, just because they're in a great rhythm right now. They're playing great. They got a, a lot of confidence. Win streak, like you mentioned. Yeah. They got Paul Millsap back, and they play great defense. And they actually match up against the Lakers a lot better with Millsap. He, he's going to help a lot in that game. Oh, yeah, They're at home, too, where they've been great. For, even for the bad losses they've had at home on the season, they've been great at home. So I'll take them to win. My question from earlier was going to be, we talked about this on our Nuggets weekly breakdown. The Nuggets have a tendency to be fair to their players, which is why I don't think um, Nuggets fans necessarily at the moment are mad because they want to see Malik and Juancho succeed. And we talked about how they were going to have it. Like, at least Malik Beasley was going to have a shot at being a starter and kind of actually playing while he wouldn't hear. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's going to get a ton of minutes in Minnesota. And, like, helping, you know, guys that you're trading, like – that's a good thing on paper, I guess. I, it builds you up some. I hate it. It, 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 build, hate it builds you up some goodwill <laughs> with agents or whatnot. I guess but I mean, if thing. you're a top tier team that's going to be contending year in and year out, that players should want to play for you. I mean, at some point, that stuff I don't think should really matter as much as it does when you're a rebuilding team. Like what? Denver has kind of gone on that track. Why do you hate it, Drew? I just. I think well, and this more comes from baseball, where there's far less parity. Like there really are only four teams in baseball who compete every single year, and so it's more the natural conclusion that like, if you're a mid or low market team, you should never be allowed to keep your players. Like you should have to keep moving guys off of your team to make them happy, so that they can go somewhere else and compete, or so that they're not stuck. In some situation on the one it's like it's just weird for me it seems like in every other element of transactions and professional sports the gms and the owners and the players all come and talk to us and they go it's a business it's got it's a business and we've got to accept that when they do all of those things so it's like if you're running your team to win like helping out a guy who you're moving off of your roster i don't think should be anywhere on your priority list as a general manager like and it's really weird when it comes up with the Rockies all the time. Like Nolan Arenado, they got to get rid of him so he can go somewhere he can win and play for a franchise that you know will appreciate him. Which is not the same thing that Harrison's talking about with the Nuggets. But in any circumstance, you don't trade a player off of your roster unless you think it's going to help you win baseball or basketball or football or hockey games. And I don't think it's something that's super high on their priority list, but. If Denver had the choice to trade somebody to, I don't know. Well, I mean, it depends on the player because, like, if you're if he deserves more playing time in the league, like, you might deal him somewhere. But I think I'm I'm largely with you on this one, though. I really am. What about you, AJ? Yeah, um, I don't care what the player wants. No, I mean, how do player, you see it like compared player, to hockey? Player empowerment is great, and players have kind of taken taken control of their own destinies, their own futures in a lot of sports, in a lot of ways, and it's kind of a thing uh, that basketball is getting known for. Like, these guys are just making their own teams, you know, forcing their way to, to, to bigger markets to do whatever. That's great. Um, 
But from from a management perspective, like who cares? I also think it's something that you can say after the fact. Mm, like the Minnesota yeah. deal was probably the best deal they had out there at the time, and sure. you make the trade, and you're like, oh yeah, we sent them to a good situation too. You can say that after the fact. Right. Yeah, and like great, like cool, like yeah. you want to get like a reputation for being good to players. That's awesome. The Tim Connolly and the Nuggets can build up that reputation. It's not going to make them more competitive in a free agent market. They're not. It's not. It's not like a major free agent is going to hit uh, the market and be like, "Oh well, if things don't go well, the Nuggets will trade me somewhere I want to go." Like, and, that, and that stuff matters more for like bad teams than it does for good teams. Right. Yeah, I just. Also, Beasley and Wancho are going to be free agents or restricted free agents after this year anyway, so they can kind of make up their mind where they want to go. They're gonna they're gonna get a decent amount of money wherever yeah. they go, wherever they land, and I just it doesn't matter honestly. Like, it's cool to do right by players in a lot of situations, especially if you're a former player as a GM. But uh, I mean, like making it a thing, like it was really trying weird trying to, to sell it as like a a thing, like oh, this is a positive, like it's like. You're just lying to me now. There was a whole dumb battle over this on both sides when the Rockies traded Troy to Lewitsky, and he was mad they traded him to traded him to the Blue Jays. So he was like, "You wanted to play in California, New York, or whatever." And they don't owe market. him anything. They, they they owed him nothing. But at the same time, they wanted to be like, "No, we felt like we did set him up." And then when the Blue Jays went on to make like a deep run into the postseason that year. Everyone was like, see, they traded him to a great situation. We're all happy for too long. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Stop. And yeah. if you are, stop it. <laughs> Don't. I mean, fans be happy for too long all you want. I'm talking about the, the, the GM had zero responsibility yeah. to set uh, Troy Tulowitzki up to be successful in his post-Rockies career. No. Do, do you need to do right by your organization first, second, third, fourth? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then if fifth, it happens to go to a, a good situation, cool. Pat yourself on the back, Chief. Yeah. Yeah, be happy for him if he's doing well. But well, I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Drew, your car got stuck in the snow today. Yes, it did. I could have used Denver rubber. Company. You needed some <laughs> someone with a good snow plow. I did. And you need to just hit up Denver Rubber Company. I probably will. <laughs> like legit, I'm gonna need to winterize my whole situation. <laughs> Instead of a buying a, buying a house, you should buy a snow plow. I think and I'm actually gonna flip those. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Get a house with a garage. I there, mean, there you don't have go. to dig out your car. There you go. For whatever <laughs> I need to winterproof the new house, though, I know who to call. Denver Rubber Company. And Denver Rubber Company is your one-stop shop for anything snow plows. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. Be sure to call them today for any slow, slow, snow plow needs. Custom gaskets, hoses, etc. 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and tell them who sent you. AJ. What up? We we heard some news this morning that's oh. not very not very happy. <laughs> we will talk about this incredible road trip that the Avs had, besides Philly. But Nazem Kadri is out for out indefinitely. Yeah. Um, Jared Bednar made it seem definitely weeks. What yeah. do you think of that situation? Uh, it's a it's one of I would say the two players they just could not afford to lose. I know. It was McKinnon and it was Kadri. And the reason that they were able to sustain injuries earlier in the season is because you have a lot of wings. And hockey is played through the middle of the ice, and that's where you have to be good to be successful. We You, you don't build Stanley Cup winning teams 
from the wall in. You don't build it from the back end in. You have to be good at center. And that was where Kadri had been the linchpin for the Avalanche and their success this year. The biggest the biggest difference on the team. You know, Burkowski's been great. Nachushkin's been a nice revelation. Blah, 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 blah. But Kadri, Kadri has been the X factor, their biggest difference maker uh, of, of all the changes from last year's team. And uh, he was the second most important guy on the team. So they, they could not afford to lose him. It felt like things were going to be okay, though, because he did walk off the ice and head into the locker room. But then he came back. Yeah, um, it was it was right at the end of the second period with like 40 seconds left. And so it was like down the tunnel and you're like, OK, well, we'll see. And then he comes back out at the start of the third and you're like, huge, huge, huge bullet dodged here. And then he gets there. He goes out there for one shift and he clearly doesn't have it yeah. back down the tunnel. And that's when you know it's bad. And then they make no moves. They say nothing to anybody. Uh, and then today. You know, Jared Bedner goes on the radio show on Altitude this morning and says it's going to be weeks. Um, doing some of the my own individuals uh, reporting this morning, it was it, it. It sounds like it's more of the four to six variety than the two to two to four. So, um, with the trade deadline two weeks away, obviously that becomes a much uh, different conversation than it was forty eight hours ago. And you guys are doing a trade show tomorrow right yeah. trade deadline show yeah. live yeah. show so be trade sure show. to check that out. i cannot yeah. believe how late the trade deadline is in the nhl season yeah i, I couldn't believe how early y'all's <laughs> was yeah. like you guys have your trade deadline before the all-star game and like yeah. our all-star game is a, there, there's a month between right. the two of your them all-star game is way in the rearview mirror yeah it's like this this is this this is done like we're in the yeah. sprint to the uh to the postseason now and now now we've got to deal with the trade deadline coming up so um, yeah, it's, it, it, that was about as bad as it, um, in terms of injuries as it could have been for them. So they take on the Ottawa Senators tonight. How do you think missing Kadri affects them in this game specifically? Um, you know, hurt them in every game, but, um, Ottawa's pretty bad, so, uh, they should be okay. Uh, but, you know. You're you're significantly worse with Kadri out of the lineup. Like yeah. you're significantly worse. All right, Drew, um, we can talk about the happy things now. You were really sad when you were almost not on this podcast because you wanted to talk about the abs beating the Blue Jackets. Well, I wanted to talk about all of it, but then the wild game got me legitimately angry. <laughs> like, oh, well, welcome to Colorado Avalanche fandom. Basically, yeah, like it's the first time I've actually been mad <laughs> watching hockey. <laughs> I like. Minnesota does that. What what the hell, man? Can I yeah. like can I throw like what I do you just stop playing the game? Like I, I felt like the Spurs used to do this back in the Bruce Bowen days. Like if they fell behind early or something, their goal was like, let's just muck it up. Let's go stand under people's feet and slap at people's wrists and just destroy the flow of this game. We 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 did the movie speeches thing when Michael Sheen comes out and tells his captain, I want a clean Beautiful brand of football for my captain. It was like right. the Minnesota coach told him the exact opposite. I want an ugly, disgusting, brutal brand of hockey out there. Go make this thing disgusting because people are going to get hurt. And people got hurt. Yeah, well, they – so uh, on top of not being very uh, being very good, uh, Minnesota is also really one-dimensional. They can only play from ahead. 
Uh, so when they got when they got down, and then when they got down by multiple goals, it was like we're in trouble. We need to do something else. And then of course, Colorado's penalty kill is the gift that keeps on giving opposing teams goals, and so it it was more competitive than it should have been. And uh, Minnesota used to do this all the time with the Avs. They used to just bully the Avs, and the Avs would fold like the French, and it was over. <laughs> but they don't wow. they don't have that attitude anymore. They just don't. They, yeah. That is They'd, a quote. If we ever had a quote wall, <laughs> that is a quote that would have to go up there. Yeah, and so the abs, the abs don't do that anymore. Uh, Matt they, Calvert wasn't having it. Well, and this is this is that they went out and they got guys like Matt Calvert. They got Pierre Edward Belmar. They got Nazem Kadri. Yeah. They got guys who just don't take any guff from anybody. Yeah. Big and, dad energy. Yeah. Well, and and yeah, <laughs> Matty, Matty, Matty Calvert is like the. He's like team uncle. Like <laughs> he, uh, it was the first time I've truly yeah. enjoyed violence in hockey. It well, when he it shoved was... Dubnik, whatever that guy oh, with the yeah. goal. When he I shoved mean, the and go- he oh. wanted a fight, and Let's even go. Landy in the third period, you could see how heated he was. Well, and he was about to fight someone. There's too. a lot of history here. Devin Dubnik's been pulling this kind of nonsense his entire career. Uh, he and Landy got in a fight a couple years ago, where Dubnik hit him with his blocker right in the face. And Landy, after the game, was like, yeah, if I got to hit people with blockers, too, I would also feel tough. <laughs> and, yeah. and it was uh, right. And yes, like, Landy. like, like Landy and like their captain, Miko Koivu, is like the most like forgettable Finnish player of all time. Like a good hockey player, but like the I mean, he's vanilla ice cream. Right. He's just so bland. And. It's the country like, there's music like, cover band for Vanilla Ice, Vanilla Ice Cream. Uh, there's, oh, there's like <laughs> legitimate hatred between Koivu and Landeskog. Like they can't stand each other. Some of that is Sweden, Finland, and some of that is that they is Minnesota, Colorado. And so like some of the stuff that happened the other day that you saw, this goes back years. Oh my god! And with Dubnik, Dubnik loves to take extra little shots at guys. It's most punchable face since Max Muncy. Who is the one the... who like slashed at Kale McCarr's hand and like Kale like dropped his stick and was like, "Oh, oh my god, ow!" Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, my only, my, the only thing I remember with McCarr was him. Greenway tackling him after McCarr tried to hit him, and Greenway was like, "You're not allowed to do that," and I don't know. And then Calvert was like, I'm going to show you what's Yeah, well, and, and like Calvert, <laughs> Calvert's like, you don't touch teenagers. Yeah. And <laughs> okay. It's. <laughs> don't Advice from AJ. You yeah. do not touch teenagers. It, I mean, for realsies, if you're, if, you're, if you're a grown man, you don't go around picking fights with kids. Seriously, though. And and it was it, it was just the way that the way that it all, all played out. It was as encouraging as, as maybe any game this year because this is one of the things. People think Colorado is soft. Okay. People people think of the Avs as like, oh, they're a high school team, but they can't take a punch. And like that's all Minnesota spent the last Did half of that game doing. Did they watch Kadri yeah. literally so. almost kill someone <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> make the guy be out but, for two yeah, games literally, literally beat a suspension out of him because they were like, well, he's already hurt, so we can't suspend him. Yeah. Yeah, he beat a suspension out of a guy. Right. This is what I'm saying. Like – the perception of Colorado as soft is one is incorrect and has been incorrect all year, but two now they're showing this. Teams are trying to go back to their their tried and true formulas of we're gonna we're gonna push them around and we're gonna see how it goes. And it used to be it used to work. It used to work. They they were not mentally tough enough uh, to 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 handle it, and they would just close up shop. And Minnesota could do whatever they wanted because Minnesota only does this in Minnesota. 
They don't come into Pepsi Center and act like that. Yeah. They only do it in the XL Energy Center. And for once, Colorado just said, we're not doing this. I've had enough of this. And they shut it down. They got the win, and they walked out of there. And, you know, the the, the Kadri injury obviously hurts. But Minnesota has to know at this point that they're not for real. Yeah. And the big trade that they made yesterday where they sold off one of their better players for futures really indicates like they're they know like they're pretenders at best. I mean, the Avs really were defending their guys and stepping up. Even Nathan, when uh, someone was pushing Miko around, was like in people's face. I'm like, yes, McKinnon. McKinnon's a psycho. (laughs) Like we saw this a couple years ago when uh, Zach Ronaldo punched Sam Gerrard in the face. And McKinnon. Oh God, I remember that. Yeah, and McKinnon and Landeskog like pulled Ronaldo like away over to the wall, and they were like, "All right, well, we're gonna take your lunch money in the most violent way possible." <laughs> and Eric Johnson, of course, ruined that because he dragged Ronaldo out of there, and then, you know, beat the hell out of him. <laughs> and McKinnon was like, "All right, well, now I've got to find somebody else to fight," <laughs> and so he did. Like McKinnon's when when Mc, that switch flips on McKinnon. That's one of the last guys in the world that I ever like. You, you want to be wearing the same jersey as that guy when he decides it's it's time, because he's a psycho. Like he when he wants to be, that dude's a loose cannon that's gonna freak out on anybody. All right, and you, it's fun in a rivalry game. Yeah. yeah, you brought up EJ, so let's talk about Eric Johnson. He really has been. Ryan accredited it to him just being older and getting lost with such. Uh, fast young defenseman but he really has been getting lost in the mix for just when you're watching the game I feel like uh, I think EJ is underappreciated at this point okay. um, because we saw him during his prime Yeah, at his very very best he was a high skill tons of talent lower IQ type of player where he just he didn't get by on smarts he got by on physical ability and now we've seen some of the physical abilities start to disappear. And he's got to change his game up, and he's trying to figure it out on the fly. Uh, and we still see some of the same warts that we've always seen from him. Um, but I think, for the most part, he's fine. He just – there's no offense left in him, uh, in his game at all. He's a defensive defenseman. You're going to get 10 to 15 points out of him, which is not enough. But it is what it is. And – He's going to be really good in the areas in which he's good, and his decision-making is still going to waver from time to time. But I overall, I think he's a, he's very well-respected. Uh, he works hard. He sets a tone for that defense. He's kind of like uh, the, the dad on defense. A lot, of them, a lot of them come to him. A lot of them um, lean on him for advice and blah, 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 blah. So there's a lot of contributions from EJ. Uh, his on-ice stuff can be iffy at times uh it didn't look good against minnesota obviously that first goal where his back is turned um not not good aesthetics um that's not his man that's not his job that's not his coverage yeah uh confer's the one who blew coverage there but uh it looks bad and when you of course when you give up a goal there's it's never been the other team did something well it's the abs have done something they've screwed something up and they're all idiots and they're all useless and they're all terrible so um that just wasn't the case like they comfort blows coverage and ej ends up being the guy that looks bad yeah and it's 
kind of sometimes EJ is the guy that the, that looks bad and it's somebody else and he takes a lot of flack that he doesn't deserve. Uh, there's plenty of times where EJ makes the mistake, so it happens. But I think I think overall uh, his defensive game is underappreciated. But he's definitely a diminished physical specimen from what he used to be. All right. Well, I don't want you to give us too much from what you guys are going to talk about in your live show tomorrow. But are the Avs going to be buyers or sellers during the deadline? Um, I think they'll buy. I think they're more a more motivated buyer today than they were 48 hours ago where they were just sort of feeling it out. Mm-hmm. Um, now I think that they will probably more aggressively pursue something. And honestly, Ottawa's in town. If Ottawa just wanted to leave J.G. Pajot here, that would be fine. <laughs> Who do you think needs to step up in Kadri's absence tonight? Is that Tyson Jost? It's McKinnon. Okay. It's the the top line has to go back to dominating. You want to? They need to. They basically need to go back to how they won last year. Um, I mean, it would, if Tyson Jost wants to step up, that would be great. Yeah. If, J, if J.T. Confers, the guy that's getting uh, the first crack at it. Uh, at at two C right now, that would be great. He hasn't been very good this year, so that would be ideal. But we're gonna see a lot of mixing and matching, uh, and really, Nathan McKinnon needs to go back to being the guy that's scoring almost two points a game, and not this you know four points in five games since the since the All Star break. He needs to go back to dominating games. Yeah. Well. Last time we did TDSP, it was Monday, so we were talking about a very um, depressing loss to the Philly, the, to the Philly Philadelphia Flyers. Oh my God! Um, but then after that, they won four straight, finished their uh, road trip four and one, outscored their opponents in those four games fifteen to five. What do you think of their performance, stepping up after getting the rust, shaking the rust off? More than anything, they just took care of business. Um, they got the goaltending they needed to be competitive against the uh, against Columbus and Minnesota. Uh, they got the you know they they waffle stomped the bad teams that they rolled into. Um, Ottawa and Buffalo don't belong on the same ice, so. Waffles um, stomp. Waffles um, sound yeah. um, really good, right? Yeah, now. yeah. All bre- breakfast food is superior <laughs> to all food, so I'm down. Facts. Um, but they they took care of business against bad teams. That's what they need to do. They've got a lot of bad teams on their schedule in the next six weeks. So if there's if there's some solace to be taken in Kadri's injury, uh, it's that there's a lot of bad teams that they they will be playing, and a lot of them at home in the next few, in the next month and a half. Do you think they'll beat the Senators tonight? Sure. Okay. They should. Yeah. It's the NHL, so anything's happening. Anything could happen. Brady Kachuk could could go crazy. He's their best player by far. Uh, JG Pajot could could make his case to stay and be like, "Please trade for me right now. Come get me, please." <laughs> uh, but ultimately, like if if Colorado can play up to eighty percent of its capacity, Ottawa shouldn't be on the same ice as them. So we got a question on the Periscope. Saying, uh, but does the Avs have a chance at the playoffs this year? Honestly, yeah, of course. Yes, <laughs> they're, they're on a they're on a hundred and six point pace. A thousand percent chance. They are. Uh, I always say that the, the the line of demarcation for making the postseason is a ninety five point season. They're at seventy right now. That's twenty five points in the last twenty five games. Yeah. Uh, with or without Kadri, that's very very doable. They should be a playoff team. And honestly, if they're not in the top three in the central it's a disappointment um someone else on the periscope said right on aj well said um then someone else said Agreed. Yeah, oh, that was probably me. yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that was you 
Interestingly, me as a Serbian who doesn't know the rules in baseball, hockey, and American football, but I know who to cheer for, and that's the Rockies, the Avs, and the Broncos. (laughs) That's the correct answer. Thanks for watching. All the way from Serbia. Shout out our Serbian followers. Also, the Rockies are are a lot easier to cheer for if you don't know the rules. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And then we, of course, have a a fun little comment from the account Firebrightich now saying Firebrightich. So thank you to everyone on brand. (laughs) Thank you for everyone who's leaving comments on the Periscope. Keep keep asking us questions. But before that, got to tell you about Green Mountain Dental Group. You know, all you got to do is take care of your teeth and hit them up and they will uh, give you a free Sonicare toothbrush scheduling a cleaning x-ray and exam. Remember, just go get a cleaning x-ray and exam and you'll at Green Mountain Dental Group and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. You know, I'm feeling a little nervous on my reads. You guys said your reads were hilarious yesterday. So I yeah, really have been thinking them. about them. <laughs> and then I'm like, man, I, I just can't. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's me doing the reads and these guys talking shit about me. <laughs> That's why he thinks the reads are hilarious. <laughs> you don't think that, the that, reads that are hilarious. I don't know. I might be funny. I don't know. <laughs> I'll check those out. Okay. Well, last week we had who won the week and three people voted for Steve Atwater because he Wait. made it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Three people on the panel. Oh, oh no, not three. Three people on this panel say, voted for like Steve Atwater. Yeah, rough week for Atwater. Um, I was going to say no <laughs> respect. <laughs> now I know why there's not a Broncos guy on the podcast. <laughs> there we go. Terrible sell job. Um, ben Adams said, absolutely no way. Nikola Jokic deserves to win the week because he had had um, he had carried the team on his yeah. back through the injuries. But if you think about it, Steve Atwater actually actually like didn't do anything last <laughs> week. <laughs> he was just g- getting he just into the made hall it of into fame. The yeah. But it was nothing that he thing. did last week. <laughs> I mean, I'm we, just trying to like zero on our point Walker. here. Zero sacks. Zero tackles yeah. last Zero week quarterback pressures. I mean, <laughs> zero wins. maybe that were some, that, that's why some people were mad that the Nuggets didn't win the week because I'm going to ruin it now. Steve Atwater won the week. Yeah. No surprise there. <laughs> right. Of course, it's Hopefully just... Hopefully it was a runaway. Yes, it was. Good. Just bad timing for Jokic. Like, of course... Jokic, pro- I mean, the Nuggets were on a three-game uh, win streak for our who won the week before mm. that. Probably would have made it four if it weren't for Steve because there really wasn't much going on. Just bad timing for yeah. Nikola. If it hadn't been for Steve. Yeah, life is hard. Where? Look, man, he played a really, really good week of basketball games. But, you know, Steve Atwater played a really, really good 13 years of football. And I feel like yeah, <laughs> none of which happened last week. <laughs> well, yeah, you can't play 13 years of football in a week. Um, someone asked, where is RK? He is at an important meeting. That's why he couldn't be here. But who did the most and who did the least? Who was the dog and who was the beast? Who's in the boat and who's up? Let's see who won the week. Uh, yeah. I let it go for everyone who complains when I don't let it go. Um, all right, Harrison. Are those people here? I, mm, Drew's here. I, 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 complains, I, can, Drew? I, I can get a little, you know. I, yeah. I would have complained. Get over it, dude. All right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't hear it again. sound good on there. Um, all right, Harrison. I'm going to start with you. 
Why did the Nuggets win this week? What did they do this week? Go. I could have gone Jokic. He did win player of the week. Honors in the NBA. (laughs) I'm going to go Jamal Murray, though. Okay. It's been incredible this week. Like, the Nuggets had their best win of the Malone era. The best maybe regular season win in franchise history over the Jazz. Murray was their top scorer. And he has been unbelievable over these last four games. 29 points, shooting better than 50% from the field. Like, 50% from three as well. I mean, now this looks like the guy that we thought he could be preseason. And, I mean, if this keeps up, man. Like, their time. ceiling is elevated time. to another time. level. Wait, so Jokic has a 30, 20, and 10, and he doesn't win the week? You know, AJ, <laughs> he's one of nine players ever to do that. N- Nicole Jokic <laughs> had a great week. I think Jamal Murray's week is more meaningful and more significant going forward, yes. I agree. Okay. Wow. All right, don't give him a hard time. He didn't win last week, so let him choose someone else. Yeah. True, you should go I with Jokic. I, I might have to now. I was going to do something far more fun, but I feel like I should take Jokic. All right, AJ, go. Uh, I mean, I guess the Avs just in general won the week because they, you know, they, they won all four of their games and they destroyed two bad teams and then won two one-goal games, which was something that they've struggled to do a lot this season, including their first win in which they were entering the third period trailing. And they solve it. They solved whatever the conundrum is of beating Elvis Merzlikens, uh, beating him and scoring twice, and coming back. And Nathan McKinnon is a superstar, and the Avs win the time. League. Sorry, I just yelled on the <laughs> mic. Sorry, you listeners. Elvis Merzlikens. Merzlikens. That's an incredible Merzlikens. name. <laughs> that is freaking amazing. Um, I just want to say that I deserve to win the week because I think I'm the reason the Avs won that game. AJ, I know you hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I tuned in. I, I wanted Everyone to tweet t- out after they scored. I wanted to be like, all the people who dared to do something different in the last five minutes, this is for you guys. <laughs> but it just doesn't matter. And I don't need to be that kind of a fun hater all the time. Aww. You you guys enjoy taking whatever whatever credit you think you deserve for something that you had no part in. <laughs> Go off, right, girl. Have people, at it. The, for the people who don't know, uh, I tweeted like, uh, so... Saturday was a very busy week for Denver or very busy day for Denver sports fans. So that was the third game I was watching and I tuned in and I was like, all right, I'm watching the Avs game now. Everyone tweeted at me like, don't, it's so bad. They're losing. Don't do it. And I'm like, huh, maybe I'll bring them good luck. A minute later, they scored. Then a minute later. And then a few minutes later again, they scored and then they won the game. So, you know. Just saying. Yeah. Clearly, their success <laughs> is dependent on your Saturday. Yeah. Thanks, Allie. Exactly. Yeah. Your, I your appreciate schedule is the key. It. What were you doing during the Flyers game? <laughs> I actually wasn't watching. See? Brutal. <laughs> there you go. There it is. Um, we solved the we solved the problem of winning a Stanley Cup. Just have Allie watch games. Just kidding. That was their first time they'd won in the third period when being down this entire season, though. Yep. They that were the last cool. NHL team to get the to get one of those wins, which was dumb. It was it was like it was dumb that it took them that long, but also they've it was only their thirteenth game all season in which they've been in that situation, which is way more important than how many they've won. Also, a crazy fact that I read was the Avs have not won four games in a five game road trip since two thousand and eleven. That's crazy to me. Well, and some of that is that they haven't had five game road trips very Mm. much. Uh, they've had three of them this year, but I went back three years and like they've had before this year, they'd had one in the last several years and it was like, well, 
and then and they had three That's this year. That's why that yeah. stat makes sense. Every once in a while, that'll happen in baseball, too. It'll be like the first four-game sweep for the Rockies in Miami since 2011. And you're like, it's the first time they've had a four-game yeah. set in Miami <laughs> since 2011. Yeah. Um, before we get to you, Drew, since I really don't know who you're no, you going don't. to pick, we've um, got some Nuggets questions. I'm going to turn to you, Harrison, sure. real quick on the Periscope. Um, someone said the Nuggets would win more if they up their rebound efforts alone. Murray will be a household name. Uh, Nuggets question, overall impression on Dozier? I love Dozier. Um, I think he's got a higher ceiling than Monte Morris. And, um, I mean, defensively, he's like 6'5", 6'6", so he's really gifted defensively, fits with the team, fits with the locker room. I I think he could be a piece long-term. And then 15, 27, and question mark. What is the Nuggets trifecta? 15, MPJ. 27, and number one. MPJ. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, baby. All right. Oh, yeah. Other people wrote number one. Okay. Drew. All right. Why did – just go. Yeah, so just go. <laughs> I'm not going to split the Nuggets vote and, and take Jokic, so blame Harrison if you want. Remember the Titans won the week because it has been crowned the definitive greatest sports movie of all time by you. The people of DNVR, the subscribers, the listeners, the readers have decided unequivocally that Remember the Titans is the greatest sports movie in the history of sports movies. Thanks, everyone, for having fun. It was it was a fun week. And, yeah, that's a pretty great honor. I think it, it, it's right, a solid time. win. Are we going to get uh, Denzel on Skype or something? I think we, we have to <laughs> get him. him the accept yeah. the award. Yeah. We need Can it. somebody tell him? Can we give him a goatee? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can give him the goatee. Greatest the honor, honor of his life. AJ, yeah, you were kind of shaking your head. Did you did you think Miracle deserved to win? Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah obviously. Rudo said, remember the Titans, too. When he watched both of them back, he thought, for multiple reasons that remember the Titans deserve to win overall. Well, this is why Rudo and I make a great pot is because he's <laughs> wrong all the time and I correct him. <laughs> I also rewatched them both this weekend and as much as I love Miracle, I think Remember the Titans was the right call. I think I yeah, think the the, the the whitewashing of the coaches really negative history in real life is what bothers me the most yeah. about it. It's what makes it unsettling and it makes it hard for me to watch that movie. Knowing that Herb Brooks was a good dude and that Coach Boone maybe wasn't. So um, Z commented the Mighty Ducks were robbed. Yeah, she... <laughs> Word. Speaking of being wrong. <laughs> you know, let's, let's, hey, better watch let's, yours, let's, though. Let's, let's talk about my fiance's bad movie feelings. <laughs> ducks fly together, girl. Let's go. Oh, yeah. She, she gets super emotional about it. As what? So do I. As, <laughs> correct. That is the only correct response to the Mighty Ducks. God. Okay, and then we got uh, the person who asked uh, the trifecta said, "Fine, that is my next jersey. Thank you. Great choice." So you oh, yeah. inspired you someone to go get a jersey. Yeah. Wow. Altitude or the Nuggets should hire me for that. Yeah. At <laughs> least you, you need to get a some cut. Commission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need a cut. You know, we do have a bunch of awesome shirts. If you want to check those yeah. out too. Yeah. Yeah. Buy one of our shirts. Instead of the jersey. <laughs> Um, but the jersey's pretty cool. Yeah, I can, I can understand. Drew it. with I a heart. It. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, cool with me. Look. All right. Well, that's all we've got for you guys this week. Be sure to subscribe to the Denver Sports Podcast feed. We had a bunch of different podcasts on there for Movie Week. Thank you to Drew and Adam for organizing that. It was so much fun. Um, everyone who participated, the fans who voted. 
so we had duo pods, then a bunch of pods just talking about those. We had our top 50 stuff on there. So be sure to just subscribe to that feed because you'll be getting a lot of great stuff. And we'll see you guys next week. See ya. Bye.